Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. Explore Beyond the Stratosphere in Museum of the Bible's compelling exhibition, Scripture and Science, Our Universe, Ourselves, Our Place, in Washington, D.C., open now through January 15th, featuring artifacts from trailblazers in history like Isaac Newton, Nicholas Copernicus, and hidden figures like Dorothy Vaughn. This exhibit guides you through groundbreaking discoveries and thought-provoking questions. Come and see how Scripture and Science have shaped our world. Get your tickets today at museumofthebible.org. This episode of Bullshit Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans, at patreon.com slash Bullshit Breakaway. You make this episode happen every week. I sound sad because I am sad, but I at least have gotten the love from you over the past couple weeks. We're almost up to 1,500 Patreon subscribers for our post-game BSBOT episodes of Playoffs, our Discord, ad-free episodes, and more. And I'm hoping to do many, 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 many more of those BSBOTs in the Playoffs because, well, I hope they win the series. But it is now 2-2. I am not doom and glooming. I'm not exactly the positive beam of light. I usually am. I think there are adjustments to be made. I want to give credit to the Devils as well. Uh, they've played really well. And Greg and I are going to break it all down with our friend Jeff and and also with ourselves. So without further ado, here's Mark Messier. Not the episode I wanted to do after we were up 2-0 in the series. But, but hey, you got to give what you're taking. This is what it is. Best of three is coming. So without further ado, here we go. Hi everybody, it's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Hey, Breakaway Takeaway fans, what? Welcome to the episode of the Blue Shirts Breakaway, I'm your host... Breakaway, takeaway, bro. I'll try. I'll try again. Here we go. Ready? Okay. Start over. Hey, Bush and Breakaway Welcome to the Bush I'm your host Ryan Mead. I'm here with my co-host Greg Kaplan. Greg, we're sad. Hello. Uh, before we started recording, Ryan is like, I don't know how we're gonna fill 20 minutes, and I'm pretty sure you butchered the open just to help get us there. I listen. It's not High School Musicals, but it's music to my ears. All right. Uh, so here's what I thought about the Whitney Houston movie. I okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, can't, we can't do this tonight. Um, we have our dear friend Jeff on. Talk, talk Devils Rangers, obviously. Mm. Um, he comes on and gives his takes about the Devils. Why? Did something happen? Uh, it's 2-2 now. Why? So let's recap over the past four games. Because uh, the last time we podcasted, I can't believe this. There's a lot of similarities to last year, and I kind of mm. want to go through them. But uh, the last time we podcasted, we were doing here's, a series preview. Here's the, here's the short version. I'll let you do the long version. Mm-hmm. It's the best of times. It's the worst of times. Oh. My man, you, you nailed it. Uh, Thank you, and good night! The last year, this time, we had our dear friend Fitz on. Just to draw some parallels. It's not nearly the same situation. Yet. But just to draw some parallels. Actually, it can't be. The Rangers were down 3-1 to the Pittsburgh Penguins. They Igor Shosturkin had lost, had absolutely got blown out in two different games. The Rangers had a comeback, and then that comeback failed. They were down 3-1. It all seemed like bleak and grim and terrible. And we sat here and pretty much did a eulogy for the New York Rangers. They won that series. And a big part of why they won that series is because Mika Zibanejad awoke. And so far in this series, Mika Zibanejad had been, has been 
asleep. Mm. And uh, the way the Rangers are going to win this series is through the play of Mika Zibanejad and the other seven superstars on this goddamn team. So right now it is 2-2. It is not dire the same way it was last year. The Rangers are playing a best-of-three series against a good Devils team who they have beaten not once but twice 5-1 and then have lost by, in summary, one goal. I know they lost by two tonight, but really one goal in the last two games. Uh, the adjustments have been wild on both sides. Wild in, on the Rangers' side, meaning they've made none. And wild on the the the, the, the Devils' side, meaning they've made every single adjustment they can make multiple times. And now we have a real series where Glant, who, by the way, was not nice in the presser tonight uh, about the Rangers, said they played with pretty much said they played with no fire, and all they did was complain to the refs and about losing the faceoffs and getting kicked out of the faceoff circle. Awesome job. We'll now head into Game Five in New Jersey with listen. The team's good enough to get it done. It's just these last two games they haven't been able to make adjustments to where the Devils have played, and they played very well. Yeah, but I. I'm not going to defend Gerard Gallant. It's not my style. I've done it a little bit this no, year. No, isn't it kind of nice after, I don't know, eight weeks of just being like, guys, team's good. Uh, team's a, still good. Team's still good, but we can make we can have some criticisms. No, but I, I'm pushing back a little bit. That's Go why I, I was leading into this by saying I'm going to push back a little bit. Yep. After the first two games, we would have said the Rangers don't need to make an adjustment. They're good. I agree. And I actually also can believe the Rangers... I'm fa- I'm fine with Gerard Glant being like, I'm going to call your bluff. I don't think you got it in you to do it again for another game. And I'm not going to make this team change what got them this 2-1 series lead going into game three because I'm confident that these guys will make it work no matter what. It's funny, actually. I don't know when you when we talk about adjustments. It, it's all in structure of play, not in lineups. But is it even in structure? Like it's To me, I don't think there was a lineup decision that Glant could have made. He even started playing the kids more. In this fourth game. Started them in the third period? Yeah, and so, like, if if your problem is Mika Zibanejad isn't scoring, I don't think, sure, you, you could change up how he's used on the power play. We've said it. We prefer him in his office and all that. At the same time, in the first two games, New York Rangers had no problem scoring on the power play wherever Mika Zibanejad was. Great. And then they go 0-5 on a power play where it looks like a bad 0-5, but frankly... They were still cycling the puck and still getting goal-scoring opportunities. Just Schmidt was stopping them, which is something Vanacek wasn't doing. So it was hard for me to be overly negative about the power play. And then tonight, the first two power plays the Rangers had, again, cycling the puck, creating at least one golden opportunity that I now I don't remember if Zibanejad was involved with it, but I know they had it on their second power play. Third power play sucked. I'm not going to defend that one. That one was lifeless. They didn't get anything set up. It was awful. I will... I will scream and moan about that third power play. Uh, but outside of that, like, we talk about, I talk about this a lot with our friend Jeff, so I'm only going to bring it up once and I'm going to let myself explain it then. The only adjustment I really wanted the New York Rangers to make tonight is Schmidt couldn't control a rebound, and it took him two-plus periods for them to be like, wonder if I get a body in front of the net if something good could happen from one of these rebounds. That's the only thing tonight that truly frustrated me. I, I know what Gallant said. Here's my thing. It's easy to say your team looks lifeless and effortless when they only score once. That's easy. Because you can just point to the scoreboard and say, well, if they played with life, they would have scored more. I don't think it was a lifeless effort from the Rangers. I don't think they looked horrible. I think too often as fans, 
You are quick to find out what your team did wrong and not give credit to what the other team fucking did great. Devils played great. The Devils, the Devils' adjustments over the past two games have been uh, earth-shattering in yeah. some ways. Yeah, because I, I, we would not have thought when this series started no that chance. the Devils would win the gritty games and the Rangers would win the track meet games. That's not what we would have thought. No, and I think it's really important to talk about the goals the Devils have scored through this entire series because it is very limited, and they're all broken plays. Even from, like... Let's just do games three and four. Okay. Uh, they score They score on a power play where Jack Hughes is left open on the left side. And Jack makes a perfect shot to beat Rusha Sturkin. Great. Then they score in, power, in, in overtime on a broken play when both teams are tired. Okay. Awesome. Then it's a Jack, break, uh, it's a Jack penalty shot in game one. Right? Uh, Jack pretty much having a breakaway in game four tonight. And then a Siegenthaler perfect shot. That hits the post. That goes in. Again, it's uh, not even a perfect shot. You expect Igor to make that save. Sure, you're that right. Is a, that is an easy save for Igor Shostakovich. I'm not. Don't let anyone tell me I'm blaming Igor. I am not. The Rangers scored once tonight. That is why they lost. But the and the Hughes breakaway to like yes, he scored pretty on the breakaway, which was set up on a desperation play by Siegenthaler in the crease. It dems the breaks sometimes in my eyes. I. I don't know when when I when I hear the term lifeless, gutless, don't show up for a game, blah blah blah. That means I could come on this show and say something critical and constructive about what I think the New York Rangers need to do differently heading in to Game Five. The only thing I can say the New York Rangers need to do differently heading into Game Five is their best players need to play better. Their defense is perfect, Ryan. I have no notes. The one thing I was worried about with this team going up to the New Jersey Devils is how they would respond defensively to some of their best players. And outside of Jack Hughes, the Devils can win all the face-offs that they want. They're not generating scoring opportunities off of them because the New York Rangers are playing sound defense. Did they struggle getting the puck out of their own zone tonight? A little bit, more than I would have liked, absolutely. But it really boils down to Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panera need to play better. There's nothing Gerard Gallant can do to make them play better. He could put Zibanejad in his office on the power play. But again, like, he just needs to do it. The Zibanejad of it, not the Galan of it. Like, I, I'm not bearing him. I have all the faith in the world that he will. The two most easily correctable things going wrong for the New York Rangers are asking really good players to play better. And if those are the things I'm asking this team to do, going into a series tied at two, heading into game five, in a building you've already won twice in this series... I could be in worse places. Yeah, you could be in worse places. Again, it's not the sky is falling. It's not last year. You're not down 3-1. You've lost two games in a row. Games you have won all year long, and that's why it stinks. Because the Rangers, like in games where they look like shit, have found ways to win. In games where, they, where it's gritty, grind-out style, they've found ways to win. And the Devils have stolen, or taken, both of those games from the New York Rangers. And that's why it's... It's now a best of three series. So buckle up. It's going to be very tense and fun. Like it could be very fun or it could be miserable. But there's not really adjustments in terms of lines. I'm, I was thinking about the lineups. Like fourth line's not changing. Kid line's not changing. So and Glant kind of shuffled the top six tonight. And I think those are all the variations of what he can do. And I, I also think, you know, when we, we, we talk about Glant and adjustments, 
I think he's done a great job in terms of making this Ranger team adjust to make sure it's not a track meet versus the New Jersey Devils. And that might be hurting Mika Zibanejad and Panarin's style. But they're also only really allowing one goal a game for the most part. And that might be like credit to Gallant and, and their coaching staff for, for scouting that out. But now it's how do we find the offensive side? Because the neutral zone clogging from the Devils has been suffocating. And even the ability to get back in the zone or zone entry versus the power play has been really rough. And I, I don't know if we're just like the zone entry passes or what, what needs to be cleaned up, but the big times players have to play. That's really what it comes down to, Greg, like you said. Yeah, to me, it, it's almost all the big time players have to play. I honestly won't even change lines. I won't. I, 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 I'd go full petty pitch mode if I'm Gerard Gallant. Um, and it wouldn't be the first time he's done it this year either. He knows he's probably shit-canned if the Rangers lose the series, especially after being up 2-0. The best case Gerard Gallant can make for his coaching future is to be super stubborn with who's playing with whom on the top six. And if Zibanejad and Panera don't pick it up, he can go, I don't know how any coach is supposed to win if my two best players don't play well. And then he'll just he'll get fired and he'll pick up another job probably in Arizona in four years or something like that. So, like, I don't know, man. I... I this is one of those games where I still think the Rangers are going to win the series. I still think the Rangers, for the most part, have been playing the better hockey. They changed goalies, and Schmidt's been playing really well. I don't think Schmidt stole either of these games. Like it, It's one of those things where he's playing better in goal. The Devils are also playing much better in front of him. So I don't think Schmidt like, robbed the Rangers of winning hockey games here. I just... I don't know, man. The Devils are playing better. I think that's what it all boils down to me. Devils are an incredibly talented hockey team. They did not finish second in the Metro on accident this year. The thing that only thing that's truly surprising me is the way the Devils are winning. I didn't expect to see it, but who knew that Siegenthaler staying in the lineup and Miles Wood coming out of the lineup would work? Almost like playing your best players is an advantage, Ryan. Literally everybody, I think, um, knew that except Lydia Ruff at the time. Everybody. Uh, I had an amazing point to make and it is now gone. I don't know where it went. The Leafs are still in overtime, in case you were wondering, as we're going about this. I, I can't, bro. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> uh, no, I know how. I, what, what would be better, just to switch topics, uh, would it be better for the Leafs to lose this game after coming back down from 4-1? Or would it be better from the Leafs to win this game, go up three games to one, and then lose the series. That one. <laughs> that one. <laughs> that one. That was the better option. And Tampa Bay is not dead until they're in the grave and the dirt's on them. And you've also put poured cement. Well, that's, so. that's the other. Oh, God, it sucks doing this because, again, all you have to do is listen to what the OT sounded like at the end of game two. And we were cocky little shits. Oh, for sure. our ass out. For sure. But two things. One, if this before this series started and I told you it was 2-2 going back to New Jersey in Game 5, you probably would have said, yeah, that sounds about right. I, yeah, I would have said, I said, okay, I, Rangers in six? Great. And then the second point is, Rangers were down three games to one of the Penguins last year and won. I believe they were down two games to none of the Hurricanes, too, and won. Now they were also up two games to none of the Lightning and lost. So, that was a bad train of thought. Yeah, it was bad. What I think, do? I think this team is is good enough. I it's it's good enough to get it done. The credits all credits of the Devils, all credits of Lindy Ruff of what they've done the last two games. But we, it is so far from over. It just 
I I also think back to when uh, we were getting questions at the end of the year. It was like, hey, what range, what playoff games do you think about last year? Dude, there's a good chance we don't think about this game ever again. Game four, if they win the series. I mean, I can't I can't tell you anything that happened in the first two games of the Hurricane series last year. I can't. I can tell you that Kako missed a missed a chance to win game one. I don't that even remember it. that. Yep, that's about as far as I could go. Uh, but. But I, I, can I tell you anything about Game Three of the Carolina Hurricane series? No. Did the Rangers win it? I think they did. Yeah, that's what I remember. They might have lost. I remember Game Six and Game Seven. Game well, Game six Seven was bachelor party night. Yeah, Game Six was electric, and Game Seven was when Heedle scores and Ray Ferraro says, "Never mind." Never mind. Um, but oh, man, what a classic! It is. It's the best. But yeah, I, I, I guess. Do you want to talk positives of this game a little bit, and then we can do what break, Jeff? break questions is that how we do things yeah i guess so uh i overall the the positives are the rangers defense it looks incredible and Igor Kako still looks, looks awesome. really fucking good he looks really good the kid line looks really good Kako specifically in my eyes he does and still got one more year on that contract thank god but there was a play where he sets up lafreniere in front of the net and lofts like kind of by himself uh and loft does like a spin rooney and goes wide totally fine uh it was a hard chance to to take a shot at anyway, but Kako setting up or driving play multiple times tonight was uh, electric. It's just now that kid line has to find a way to finish, which surprise. That's what you need to do in the playoffs. What? No, that doesn't sound right. You want to I try to know what? I know. No. So yeah, obvious points central. Here we are. Um, other positives. Dude, the defense is crazy. Uh, they're driving everything to the outside. With the exception of that Siegenthaler goal, obviously, mm. uh, the both overtime goal and the Siegenthaler goal for or the Hamilton and Siegenthaler were both kind of from the same spot on on Igor as well. So, but for the most part, no, everything's I going Hamilton outside. Was from the other side of the ice, was it? Sorry, yeah. okay. So uh, kind of from the same spot, but what you mean is not at all from the same spot. Yeah, what I meant was totally opposite, and I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Oh, here's what I wanted to talk about tonight. This is an mm. important one. Why was Pete not in the middle of the Mets hero shot? Why did Luis Guillorme get all the attention? I actually don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> did, you watch on, uh, did you watch on ESPN or on MSG? Uh, MSG. Okay, so in the second period, um, the Yankees were there on Saturday. The Yankees mm-hmm. obviously playing in Minnesota. The Mets were playing on Saturday in San Francisco. Now the Mets were there tonight, and it was Pete Alonso, Luis Guillorme, Tomas Nito, and Mini Nito. Um, but for whatever reason, I'm pretty sure Pete's a big dude. So he wants to sit on the aisle. I get it. But the way ESPN had them shot for the game graphic, they had the, like, Pete was being blocked by the in arena cameraman. <laughs> so you couldn't even see Pete. So it I was just a tonight. lot of Luis Guillermo. <laughs> I can't do this. Tonight. <laughs> That's I important. Can't. It's, it's a lot of Guillaume. Like, too much Guillaume. <laughs> it's not important. <laughs> it's important. Fuck you, it's not important. It's Nothing's not important. important, Ryan. We're two dudes sitting behind microphones talking about a fucking hockey team. That's true. We're talking about men with blades on their feet. Yeah. The they control our emotions. Uh, that's true. Oh, the Leafs won? Did they? Oh, option two. Oh, boy. Here option we go. two. Here we go. Hey, how come this Rangers team in their playoff history isn't clutch like this Leafs team? It's going to be great when they blow this. I know. Uh, God bless them. God bless them. Hey, 
It's their year, I guess. Um, Ra- Ra- that's that puts it in perspective. Rangers Leafs still an option for the Eastern Conference Finals. Thanks, <laughs> thanks everyone. Thanks everyone. Salary cap going up. Um, I guess looking forward because I, I, it is important to say this. This, there's a chance this is the last podcast of the year for games. I can't believe I'm telling you that. There's a chance, but this, I just think this Rangers team's too good to to not take two of the next three. And no matter how discouraged you are from the way they played, and they played a huge stinker at points over the last these two games. And game three, actually, I thought was super even on both sides. Tonight, I thought they were a little... It was concerning, some of the, some of the offensive uh, ability versus the Devils, but the Devils did a great job on their side, so credit to them. But I, they're just good enough to win these two of these next three games. They find a way. Even if they lose the next one, guys, they did it versus Carolina last year. It's not impossible. Oh, I, I found I found a way we can fill some time here because that's okay. what you're trying to do, and I'm cutting you off. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I was saying goodbye to this team if they do leave. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> we can do that later. Did you okay. see this absolutely batshit insane GQ top 10 New York athlete list? Oh, my fucking. We can talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> the, the This list, we can fill some time. Yeah, All right. oh, we got it. I'm going to start from, from 10 to 1. No, no, we're going back. Okay. Number 10, Daniel Jones. Okay, I guess okay. I got it. Now, yeah. you should also say this list is pre-Aaron Rodgers trade, which is another thing that happened today. Everything um, happened today. Jesus, so, the Rangers were never winning this hockey game. Are you kidding me? Like, Aaron Rodgers got traded here today. They weren't going to get the back page. So, so for people listening, this GQ list is like, who, uh, Kings of New York? Is that what it is? Who is the king of New York sports? Okay. Okay, 10 is Daniel Jones. Yeah. 9, Igor Shesterkin. A little low there. He's the only Ranger to appear on this list. That's also insane. Number eight, Pete Alonzo. Super low. Super low for Pete. Number seven, Francisco Lindor. So Pete's not even the number one Met. By the way, Pete should be above Francisco. No shit, Ryan. I'm the biggest Francisco Lindor defender that's ever existed. No fucking shit. Anyway, number six, Julius Randle. No. Oh, (laughs) Oh, don't worry. We're getting there. Randall was Randall was buried and off of this team last year. I think Randall's top ten. He's not ahead of Pete. Put him at the ten spot. I'd put him in the ten spot. Uh, I also would not have Daniel Jones on this list at all. Anyway, speaking of guys, I would not have on this list at all. Number five, Anthony Volpe. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> guys, hot still, name. Still not even the worst part of it yet. Still not the worst. Part can we of st- I can't. I can't let that pass. I'm sorry. Anthony Volpe is very good. He's fun. He's, he's exciting. He's super fun. He's super exciting. He's great for the sport. Not top ten. In not even. Not even top twenty. What, what are we would doing? Would he be top ten if you were just doing Anthony Volpe and New York Rangers? <laughs> I, like I, what? I, what Ranger would Volpe rank ahead of? He's, right, not, the, he's not ahead of Igor. He's not ahead of Fox. Panarin. He's not ahead of Fox. Kreider. Not ahead of Mika. Not ahead of Kreider. Not, not ahead of Kane. Not, not ahead of Tarasenko. Tarasenko. I might put him ahead of Mikola. <laughs> yeah, those are the six that, or he's ahead of, or he's he's not ahead of. That's correct. Yeah, but I also is he ahead of Keandre? No. Again, this isn't this isn't best. That's not, not what we're yet. saying. End it's of the year, most popular. End You're of the year, he that, could be. Maybe, but I think Keandre's more popular than Anthony Volpe right now. Fair. Number four. Saquon Barkley. This Ridiculous, is nuts. but whatever. I don't care. Here okay. comes my favorite part. Number three, Mikhail Bridges. Mikhail Bridges? Did you know he was on the Nets? <laughs> I, I did know that. I I knew, and he's nasty, here's, but Mikhail here's my, Bridges. This was, the tweet I had is 100% accurate about this, where it's like, listen, I'm not saying Mikhail Bridges is bad. 
I'm telling you there are New Yorkers that don't know he's here. They're, they don't know. He's not here. No one cares about the Nets. They don't, I don't care how many 25-plus point games he had in a row. They just got swept by the Sixers. Nobody noticed they were even in the playoffs. Nobody cares about the Nets. You can't put one of them in a top 10 list in New York. Can't do it. Not I don't even think they're it. swept yet. But even if you want that's him, even good, if you want to put Bridges on this list, he's not ahead of Pete. He's not ahead of Igor. He's not ahead of Randall. He uh, might be ahead top, of Volpe, though. I'll who are the top that. two? Judges, judges number two? Judges number two, Jalen Brunson right now, number one. I would have Judge one. Sorry, everybody. I, I don't know. This is the Knicks moment. They're up three games to one. And if you want to put Brunson number one, I'm fine with it. Fine. Cool. I'm not going to argue. Uh, uh, that list is Br- ridiculous. Bridges being three, Volpe being on the list, and Lindor being ahead of Pete is, uh, I don't know what GQ's smoking. But Look forward to this offseason content. We're going to go talk <laughs> with Jeff uh, about this game extensively and the Devils Rangers series, and we'll come back with some five-star questions. Transition. Hey, yo, this episode is brought to you by TickPick, our ticket sponsor for this podcast. TickPick's been our friend for a long time, and actually, because they've been our friend for a long time, they're offering us $40 off Rangers playoff tickets with promo code BLUESHIRTS. That's right. If you go get playoff tickets for for game six, you can get $40 off today. It's going to be awesome. Please be there. And use the promo code blue shirts. If you want to use the TickPick app, it's super easy. All you have to do is download the TickPick app. From there, it'll show you the best deals, top to bottom, ranked with grades like you're in school. And one of my favorite features is that it has no fees. That's exactly what you check out with. That's the price you see is the price you get. That's awesome. And I was using it this weekend. And one of my favorite things about TickPick is that you can actually see what the seat looks like. If And like, it's like, a virtual reality of where you are and you could scan around like, is this a good seat or not? Is this the best deal for me? So again, go to a Ranger game, this game six, we're going to win the series. I still feel it. We're built for it. I get it. Use promo code blue shirts to get $40 off on TickPick. Tell them we sent you. Let's win this series. Go see it live. Back to the show. And we're back with our first guest of the day. We have our dear friend and devil's fan friend, Jeff, who's been on this podcast for almost a decade. Jeff, it is 2-2. The Rangers took both games one and two very convincingly. Games three and four, uh, the Devils won, I would say, in Rangers fashion. So I guess let's start there. Where's been Where's been the roller coaster ride for you? Like, where were you after game two? I know you were still saying positive, and now it's all tied up. I, I wouldn't say that I was positive. I This is kind of the, the way that I was hoping that they been would play against you guys from the start of the series. Um, but the way they showed up in games one and two, it did not look like they had this in them at this point. Uh, you know, it's like when you reach back for the fastball and it's like not there, they didn't seem like they could get any traction. It seemed entirely hopeless. Nobody was really performing. We essentially got shut out in game one. Uh, I was in the building for both of those games. It was not fun to just be walking out and it was mostly a sea of blue. Ranger fans feeling very similar tonight, Jeff, just in case you're wondering. So yeah, we're even it's, uh, I don't think either of us were thought it was likely that we would be at this point after game two. Uh, but I think I'm certainly happier that we're here than you are. Of course. <laughs> it's just, it's so funny to me and Jeff, I wonder if you feel the same way. We're like the Rangers have won the two games that were track meets and the devil's, have won the two games where everything got 
congested in the middle and they kind of just grittied their way to victories. It's actually unbelievable. I didn't, Jeff, I didn't know the Devils had gritty victory games like this. You've watched the team all season. I've only watched the Ranger games when they play them, but the clogging of the neutral zone, the ability to stop these long passes and just kind of play the Rangers to the outside. I, I didn't expect the Devils to be able to do this. I thought we'd be running up and down the ice for four games. Yeah, I mean, they definitely had some gritty games like this all year. I think, you know, one in particular was an early one in the streak against Edmonton where they scored like two goals within 18 seconds to really turn the tide. It was like an amazing brat uh, breakaway on that one. Uh, but, you know, this is kind of the, the the style of play that I was expecting them to to be doing. Um, and I think, you know, I said something in our preview pod on the OT where one way to stop the devils was to have an extremely structured defense, clog up the neutral zone, you know, not give them the possession. And I think that's, you know, the game plan that the Rangers perfectly executed in the first two games. And for whatever reason, devil's confidence, finally completing passes, um, you know, not giving away stupid goals or taking stupid penalties, you know, they've been able to hold their own and turn the tide, but it's not like they're blowing you out of these games. This is, you know, one overtime game and then one goal game with, you know, two minutes left. Oh, the games have been really close. Ranger fans are acting like they've been blowouts because the Rangers have played piss poor. But what what the what a lot of people are not realizing as well is that the I, Devils have made adjustments I know, to I, stop I, the Rangers. Here's the thing, though, Ryan. I'm gonna, I, I know we're recording our interview first, so it's going to sound like I've pushed back on this topic from you before, but in reality, this is the first time this is I'm the first time you're doing your topic with you. I don't think the Rangers are playing piss poor. I don't. I think the Devils are playing really well, and I think sometimes, more recently than ever, like if things start going poorly for a team, everyone's like, "This team sucks. They look gutless. There's no effort on the ice." And I'm watching both these games, and my big takeaway is like, "God damn, I didn't think the Devils were going to turn it around. I don't think the Rangers are doing anything." To me, the, the only thing that really frustrated me in this Rangers game, and, and Jeff, I am curious about your take on this, is like, it didn't look like Schmidt had a really good handle on how to control rebounds throughout the game, and it just didn't feel like the Rangers understood that if they put more pucks on net and tried to take advantage of those rebounds, they'd have more success until Trojak finally scored. Yeah, I think, you know, Schmidt in both of these games, I don't really think has had to make any spectacular saves. I think, you know, there were some moments in this one where the puck is lying in the net. That leads to a goal. There was, you know, the one that kind of goes off the post that went through his glove that were like, you know, real spectacular, you know, game-saving moments for the Devils. But it's not like he's really stretching out or, you know, stopping a Rangers chance. I think, you know, last game in particular, they missed a lot of shots high and wide off the rush. You know, if they put more of those on net, I'm certainly more scared. I'm, I'm holding my breath when they're coming down and, the ice like that, but you know, seeing it go wide, I'm taking a breath, you know, a sigh of relief. So um, I'm glad he's not having to make those shots, and you guys aren't putting those on net. Yeah, I feel like the Rangers haven't really um, tested him in the way I expected. Where it was, whether it's Panarin or, or anybody else, kind of shooting wide. Uh, there, there have been a couple of good tests in Game Three. I thought tonight he just wasn't tested. While on the other end, the Devils are. Um, yeah, I don't. I'm not. It's it's the playoffs. I'm not calling Nico Heischer dirty by any chance, but like he runs into Igor this twice, two in a row, and you're like, okay, I I see what they're doing. It's a legitimate strategy here, where they're running the net on Igor. It's 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 what you should be doing if you're trying to win a playoff series, and it's 
uh, the Rangers are just not doing the same thing on the other side. It's very curious. But part of that is because of, of the way the Devils are playing the neutral zone defense. And I, I think um, it's really funny to go back to this because a conversation we had on that, that BSBOT that, that last week was, which feels like an eternity ago, in case you guys were wondering, um, it was just, hey, what is the, what's going to happen in this series between Gallant and Lindy Ruff? Do we even have to talk about it? And Gallant didn't have to make any adjustments in games one and two because the team was gangbusters. Everything was working. It seemed like, wow, uh, how could this team, like, how could this team not go up 3-1 in the next two games? And Gallant didn't really make any adjustments while Lindy Ruff literally uh, made every adjustment he could make in the world, including uh, introducing the one of the strongest Ranger tropes of all time, which is a third string goaltender. Not that he's technically, he's a fifth round pick, you know, uh, he's rookie. He's playing, he's playing really well, but that's, those are, those are notoriously the players that the Rangers can't beat. So now it's kind of curious, like, will Gallant make the adjustments or will he stick with what's worked all season? I, yeah, but at the same time, it's, it, to me, it's hilarious that one of the adjustments he made is rightfully keeping Siegenthaler in the lineup and taking out Brendan Smith. Like, that, that shouldn't be an adjustment you have to make. That should have just been obvious from the jump. Yeah, one of the adjustments That's is true. erasing one of my mistakes and then writing in the first answer yeah. that I had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I, I, no, I get what Ryan's saying. I, I enjoyed the series a lot more when he kept not only kept Miles Wood in the lineup, but inexplicably moved him up the lineup. I like he corrected every mistake he made in the first two games. Which again, you Ryan and I joked about this on an OT. We're like, you're up two games done in the series. Who's the coach you really want in in there to? correct the mistakes and get this team to play better after losing two games in disheartening fashion on at home, probably Lindy Ruff. And at the same time, you know what they say, you know, it's just not a series until a road team loses. That's the saying, right? That's the saying, right guys? That's where it's been. Uh, I, I think before the series, uh, our, my prediction was Rangers in six, but I could see it going seven and um, boy, uh, it looks like we're going the distance now. Jeff, when they when Lindy Ruff did make those adjustments, uh, what was your initial reaction? And since then, it's kind of it's kind of worked in every single facet. I mean, you, you can't help but love the Schmid the Schmid move because not that Vanacek played oh, I mean, terribly. I, 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 ch- challenge, by the way, <laughs> Schmid. No, I, I'm challenging the emotion, not the namesake. I don't. Yeah, we don't. Shit. We don't love it. Just because oh, you're wondering. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but you know. He's had great numbers throughout the whole season. You know, but you both actually texted me at the same time, being like, what do you think of this move? You know, it seems interesting that he's doing it. And, you know, all the confidence in the world in the kid coming into it because every single game except for one this season, which I happen to be at, uh, he played phenomenally. And the one game that he wasn't, it was a game he got called up from Utica in the morning and played in Newark the same night. Didn't make any sense that he played. Let up a few goals, but he's been rock solid. I think particularly in game three, he impressed a lot with his rebound control, which he didn't have as much tonight, which we talked about. But there were so many shots in that game three where it just off his chest, on the, on the ice, and then he scoops it up with his uh, stick into his glove and was like not even phased by anything going on around him. I don't think the Rangers really crashed the net too much to to get uh, you know in his head too, too much. But uh, I think in all, like it really sparked the devil's defense to be more structured and more supportive because they were not that in the first game. I think they gave the, gave the Rangers too much space um, and really didn't take anything back from them. Uh, but the way they've been covering all ends of the ice, like you said, neutral zone, defensive zone, um, they've really shut down a lot of the Rangers threats. Yeah. I, the, the Devils are playing much better. Like I, I, 
man, it's impossible to look through a Twitter timeline right now and find. Like, I'm not looking. It's 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 a cesspool. And I know I know that at some point people are going to be like, we're just being toxically positive again, blah blah blah. But like to me, I no, I don't think the Rangers have played as well as they did in games one and two. But the Devils are playing just so exponentially better that if the Rangers slipped. Even a little bit, the Devils were going to get themselves back. It's not even that, Greg. If they're playing a style that I think neither us or the Rangers expected they could play. Right. Think, I just break down the goals the Devils scored. First of all, the Rangers only scored once. That's why they lost the game tonight. I'm not going to blame anybody else. Goal number one comes as a loose puck is hanging behind Schmid in the crease. Siegenthaler just panic clears it out of the crease to a cherry-picking Jack Hughes who scores on a breakaway. Why he wasn't trying to play defense there, don't even get me Oh, started. he was inside the blue but... line. Don't even start with this. <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit. I don't know. Listen, I went to plenty of Jewish camps. Sorry, he's faster than Adam Fox. Whatever. <laughs> wow. He is wow. That's anti-Semitism. That's Jew on Jew crime. Uh, anyway, that's the first one. And the second one is a slot goal that I expect you were to save. Like, it, again, it, it'd be one thing here... It'd be, it'd be one thing if I thought the New York Rangers were getting out-muscled, out-manned, out-played. And I just think the Devils are playing stingy, conservative hockey, and that's not what the Rangers expected. And Gallant, he saw it in Game 3 and was like, well, all right, that's interesting. And didn't really adjust to it. But it's not just Gallant adjusting to it. The players aren't adjusting to it. I just don't know. To me, the most obvious thing I saw in tonight's game, again, it's just like Schmidt could not control the rebound. Why did it take the Rangers two plus periods to be like, huh? I wonder what happens if we just put the knuck, the puck on net more. Think we'd get more opportunities in front of the crease with how this guy's playing? Let's try if that works. I, I don't know. I, I, I like. I'm not happy the Rangers lost. Obviously, it's now a two-two series. I now one of us, Jeff, is going to be unhappy on your wedding night, most likely. Um, not. I just. God, I wish I could sit here and be angry at the New York Rangers, and I, I, I'm more impressed the Devils are playing this style of hockey and it's working, then I am annoyed that the Rangers all of a sudden have two goals in two games. I'm annoyed, um, but that's okay, Jeff. I do. We talked about that in the open, I'm sure. Jeff, uh, I want to get your take on the power play because in the beginning of the series, when the Devils went 0-4 with no shots against the Rangers, I was like, oh shit, this is this is insane. Uh, since then, the Rangers have done their 0-8 in their last eight power plays. Um, and frankly... Looked pretty good at times, but have also been nullified from zone entries during during those times as well. Um, what adjustments have you seen, if any? And I'm not saying you're an analyst on this bullshit, just as a fan. But uh, and, and what have you have you been frightened at all by the power play? I've felt much better these last two games. Obviously, um, one addition is Curtis Lazar is suddenly playing in our lineup. I think he played like all two games towards the end of the season, maybe a handful more. Um, but I have not seen a lot of him play. He's, um, you know, not filling in on that top penalty kill. But all in all, you know, I've heard people say, oh, we switched from a diamond to a box or a box to a diamond. I don't really know what all of that means. But what I have seen is pressuring the puck holder way more. Um, you know, a few of those goals in the first few games where Kane is literally just standing there with the puck on his stick, waiting for Kreider to be open, and then, you know, throws it right to him. We've not given as much time uh, to whoever's been holding the puck and i think you know you guys have just been passing it around passing it around but there haven't been a ton of you know wide open slappers or wide open chances i think panarin had one kind of in the first or second period of this game um 
I guess that was the only times you had power plays. Uh, but, you know, I think just being more aggressive and, and shutting down that space has helped us a ton. Although not taking as many stupid penalties helps too. Yeah, they started to actually... Um, I thought the officiating this series has been a little bit soft on both sides. It, I, it, it's been soft everywhere, to be fair. I think every series has had more penalties called than we would have expected. Yeah, it's extremely soft. And uh, not I'm not going to bitch and complain about getting a goalie interference uh, call late in the game against Nico Heischer. It just doesn't make sense to me, especially when the Rangers power play is 0 for 8. <laughs> like uh, if that's what you're not going to call, I get it. I don't know what goalie interference is anyway. We've gone over it a million goddamn times, but I do think, and Greg, I'm, um, I guess we'll talk about it now, and maybe we'll, I'll mention it again in the open. But I mean, you, I, I you can't have Mika Zibanejad not sit in his office anymore. Like it's just very, very unreasonable not to do that. I mean, some- to me, I, I go more towards what were we saying after the first two games? We're like, holy shit, the Rangers have done X, Y, and Z. And they've been doing it without Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin. And that's all fine and good when you're winning games. But now that the Rangers have lost two straight, the storyline is, yeah, you kind of need Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin every now and then to wake the fuck up and do something. Panarin is trying. Zibanejad, I I mean, it's not just the power play, right? He's been invisible everywhere. He's been very quiet. Shockingly quiet. Yeah, we'll we'll talk. I'm sure we talked about that in the open. Um, Jeff... Going into Game Five, uh, after these two games, what I think the, what, the one thing we kind of want to know on our side is what scares you the most. Well, I, I feel like we're playing with a bit of house money right now. Um, uh, here we go. What, now you're just using my words against me. I get it. I what scares me the most is probably getting into a situation where we get too complacent, start taking too many penalties again, don't really fight back, and when we do, we can't even get the puck into the zone. Um, just kind of basically reverting back to those feelings of game one and two, where it didn't seem like when they reached back that it was there for them. Um, the team looks completely different over the last two games. Uh, and I still feel like a lot of guys haven't really contributed. Um, I guess Nico had a great assist today, but you know, I'm waiting for Hanslide to get a goal, uh, for Meyer to get a goal in there. Um, so I'm feeling pretty good going into game five. I still feel like we haven't reached our final form. Um, and if Schmidt is only going to let in one goal a night, um, I'm I'm feeling excellent. <sighs> Counterpoint. <laughs> I don't have... I, no, I don't, I, I don't know. The New I have York counterpoints. Yeah, okay, go. I, I, yeah, I know. All right, I'll just go let Ryan go. I just want yeah, to get voice I, for a second. I think, I think this is a team that... Um, has played in shitty situations all year long. The Rangers, the Rangers love games like tonight and and Saturday, which is why it's so frustrating that they didn't win them. Which is why it's also very interesting that the Rangers won their first two games the way they did. They won in devil's fashion, and the fact that they couldn't put away an overtime game when they had the chance or take a game away in the third when it was one one is very unlike the Rangers. And one thing I would say is if if the, the Rangers are in with one one or two goals. At any point in any of the next games, like it, it's they're still a threat. And Schmid, no matter what, he's still he might come out of his shell. He's running with it right now. The confidence is there. Um, but if they can find a way to break him open quickly, especially in game five, the floodgates might be open where Igor Shirkin on the other end might not be the case. So for me, 
I felt like the most dangerous line for you guys tonight, or the one that gave me, you know, the one I was most nervous on when they were on the ice was the kid line. Um, it was. They were, when, you know, the game was tied in third, I was like, like, get them off. Um, but I feel like, you know, what I'm looking to be confident about is that I just feel like the Devils are going to just own the five-on-five five play overall. Um, I think, you know, we limited a lot of chances the last two games. The first game, you know, turnover to ter- and Miller makes a great pass to Tarasenko. And then you guys got a ton of Chris Kreider tips into the net. So, like, where do you guys feel it's going to come from in the course of, like, a regular five-on-five game? Uh, Chris Kreider tips in front of the net? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, listen, I, it's hard to have that conversation just be like, where do I expect it to come at five on five? This is still a team that has Mika Zibanejad, Artemi Panarin, Patrick Kane, Vlad Tarasenko, Vincent Trocheck, and all three children. So, like, any of them. That, like, and, to me, yeah. it, it sounds weird to say, but definitely in the last two games, you're not wrong. The most noticeable player on the ice to me for the Rangers has been Kako, who, if he has the puck, you can't get it off the stick. And it seems like the Devils, like, he controls the puck for so long that the Devils defensively get frustrated and leave their assignments in the middle, which has left Heedle and Laugh open for opportunities that they simply just haven't quite scored yet. But to me, that it feels like a matter of time and not necessarily something I'm worried about. At the same time, like I would have been saying it was a matter of time after game two, and I definitely said it about Zibanejad and Panarin, for sure. And it's just like, I don't know, it just, to me, it's... It, Game three felt so different from everything else we saw in the series that it was hard to really rationally break down. The only, again, I just like, it shouldn't be an obvious thing that the three of us can see at home and a hockey team can't see, and they just aren't doing it. Like, I, it's like taking fastballs down the middle of the plate. At some point, you just have to be like, why aren't you swinging? What, what's going on? Yeah, I think you guys yeah, executed right. way better in the first two games, and the Devils were sloppier and did not. Um, and now the both teams are kind of closer to even, and that, I think that's where the games have been showing. And I do so, want to answer. And, and sometimes they're playing a better goalie now. Like, Schmidt's been better. That's true. It, it, that simple. Like, would Vanacek made all those saves in game three and game no four? No way. We'll never tonight, know. I, tonight he would would have made all those saves, but game three, no chance. I don't think the Devils play as hard in, in front of a Vanacek in game three as they do against Schmid for whatever. They played for him all year, too, but I, I think it definitely changed the dynamic in the room, changing the goal. They protected the shit out of him tonight in game four. For sure. In, in game three, he made some legitimate saves. Like, if Schneider lifts the puck a little bit more, sure. There's, there was a couple different times where I was like, man, that was a really good glove save from Schmid. Like, that was a, a credit to him because I don't think Vanacek makes those saves. He was even blinded on some of them, and yet he, he made them. Tonight, it just wasn't tested. Oh, the, the Leafs tied it up. Oh, shit. Oh, this is going to be great when they lose. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, my God. Oh, it needed to happen. Um, uh, to answer your question from before, Jeff, like, where does it come at for fi- on 5v5? I, I think it's a legitimate question because Mika Zibanejad has not been a 5v5 scorer pretty much all year long neither is Chris Kreider and Panarin has is having a stinker of a series um it's been it's been a little rough for him especially shooting wide and not making or not give some giveaways but not not what he usually does to be honest but not creating the chances he usually does either so I have to imagine 
the five v five really only really comes from the kid line right now. Now, it could be coming from from the Trocheck Vlad Tarasenko. Like I, those two guys can create a five v five, but to go zero and eight on the power play and not take advantage of that when that's what it you're supposed to be completely doing. Completely changes the game. Yeah. yeah, completely changes it. Like it's it's going to change the way every like the entire rest of the game is going to be played. The Devils will press. The Rangers are able to get counterplay. They can go on the rush, et cetera, from there. But to go zero and eight, you just that's how you lose series. Like you you're supposed to execute on the on the power play, and they just have it. Yeah, and, and, and they're dangerous as hell out there. And we really struggled on the forecheck for a little bit. Um, especially in the second period, I think there was like a minute or so where we, every time trying to pass it out at the blue line, you guys picked it off, had another rush back in. Um, which is another point I was trying to make, I wanted to make is I feel like the second period is, is huge for you guys, um, or has been over the course of the first three games, particularly, particularly in games one and two, you guys dominated us in, in the second period. You long shifted us. One over the matchups, and I feel like that's another thing. It's completely flipped in the last two games. I guess you know, second period yesterday was even. We both had a goal, um, but you know that was a huge benefit for you guys in games one and two. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I think the series goes six or seven. I, I well, I, it has I to go <laughs> six, right? I got news. For Fine. You, right? I just don't see. I guess what I'm saying is I don't see either team winning two in a row here. It's that's it's very hard for me to see that. Oh, you, think. you think neither team, which have, both teams have won two in a row, and now you don't think either team can win two in a row? No, actually, don't. I'm just trying to pick up what you're putting down. Fuck the series is hard. It's really <laughs> hard. Well, let, let, Jeff, let's play this game. Let Let's ignore the first two games that happened. If you saw the series was tied two two going back to Jersey in Game Five, would you have been surprised before the series started? I don't think so. I, I think I said yeah, it feel- in the preview too, where I, I think these teams are both incredibly talented and the margin of error in the playoffs is extremely thin. Um, and I think we've, you know, we've seen that come within inches tonight alone. Um, whether that's, you know, if you see dollar hits the post, that means there's literally no other space within the net that he could have fit that puck. Um, so, you know, an inch to the right or the left and he either saves it or if it goes wide. Um, it's going to come down to execution. And I, Ryan, I said this to, in my text to you the other day, you know, we need our best players to be our best players. And so far, Jack Hughes has shown up in the last two games. Um, and Brad had a good play at the end of overtime. Of course. Phenomenal play by him. Uh, he had a few moments tonight too. I'm still waiting for him to get one in. Uh, Meyer's been a disaster. Who's that? Meyer's been a disaster. Oh, but at least he was a pain in the ass to you guys last uh, the last game. Uh, tonight, he had a really rough first period. Holy shit. I thought he had another penalty, too, but they sent off Lazar instead. Um, but, yeah. But, you know, he's still kind of noticeable out there when he's coming through the zone. Um, it's, it's not looking great for him, uh, but I still think he's capable of a big moment. And I think he's a threat every time he has a buck on his stick. So I uh, can't hate that too much. Well, I think that's what kind of the Ranger fans and Devils fans are hoping for. It's like, that's a big player that hasn't showed up. It's in Timo Meyer. We're hoping the same for Mika Zibinijad, who, you know, not for nothing. Last time this year, we were doing this exact same podcast. Like, literally <laughs> the exact same podcast versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. The difference, the Rangers were down three games to one. Yes. now the, But they're tied 2-2, which is best of three series, in case you're doing math at home. Um, Mike Greg, 6, quick- though, from what I heard. <laughs> Fuck me. Uh, um, yeah, big question for me, Jeff. Uh, what movie did you see on? Uh, what was that? Saturday night instead of oh, I out saw Bo is Afraid. 
the Joaquin Phoenix Ari Aster movie. Ooh, how was that? Uh, very weird. Uh, I probably can't recommend it overall. It's like three <laughs> hours long and like a oh Jesus surrealist odyssey through this guy's. Did you did trip you home. pick it specifically because it was three hours long and you didn't uh, want? I picked it because I really love the director's other other movies, which are Hereditary and Midsummer. Uh, oh, okay. And this was <laughs> getting mind, like, crazy, weird, good and bad reviews. So I just really needed to see it as soon as possible. Interesting. My review. I watched, uh, inconclusive. Oh yeah, inconclusive. <laughs> I watched. Um, I don't know. I was just in a kick for like. I just gave in to the two movies that Netflix uh, has been asking me to watch the last couple of days. So I watched the Whitney Houston movie, and then I watched. There's a movie called The Bombardment. But it's not actually called The Bombardment. I think it's like The Shadow in Our Eye, which is the quote-unquote American title. It's a Danish World War II movie. Let me tell you, huge difference between European war movies and American war movies. Like American war movies, they don't glorify war, but they glorify the individuals. And European war movies, the most depressing motherfucking movies you could ever fucking imagine in your entire life. Which makes sense. Because that war was fucking depressing. But holy shit. The, this movie, it's just like... It mostly focuses on these three kids who are just like... Two of them are the most in de- depressed individuals that I've ever seen. You're still going, And then huh? the, one happy, the one happy one died. Like, it's just amazing. Wow. Yeah, I don't want to talk about the Rangers. I didn't want to keep talking I'm sorry, about yeah, let's talk about war. <laughs> I like how he's like, oh, the depressing war, as if there's other, like, happy ones. Yeah, I was like saying, let me just check positive wars in history. (laughs) I don't know, the Gulf War seems fun. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Anyone hit a hole in one? (sighs) Sorry, that was a terrible joke. Uh, North Korea wasn't involved in that one, Brian. You can't make the hole in one jokes with that. Sorry, my apologies. Uh, Jeff, I appreciate you, man, for coming on and talking talking in a legitimate Devil's Rangers conversation. I mean, who knows what the heck is going to happen the next game. I I loved what I saw the last two games, but I could very much show up to Newark on Thursday night and see the same thing I saw in games one and two. So. It's just so sloppy from both sides at some points. It's surprising. Is it the ice? The is offense... there a problem with the ice? Cause... Yes, we should talk about this. Okay. Well, the MSG ice is bad. Well, but here's the problem with the ice. Friday, there was a Knicks game. Saturday, there was a Ranger game. Sunday, there was a Knicks game. Monday, there was a Ranger game. Like, it, there, it's it's not going to be great, especially when you're just changing it out every other day. Like, can we turn again, up like... the freezer or something? It's the playoffs. <laughs> like, this is the highest level of hockey there is. Can we... There... I mean, it, I guess the, the Super Bowl sloppy. people were pissed about the turf, so it's it's not perfect. Anyway. I, just, I I I'm so used to MSG ice not being ideal that when people start complaining about it, I like I'm in, I think I'm just invisible to it. Listen, I mean, point. I've seen players slip all over the place, and I, I don't think it really affected the outcome. So I'm I'm not trying to bitch about you guys too much. No, no, the ice is terrible. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get it. What's well, noticeable at least? Job. Let's just. Point that. It, it was noticeable very much in game three where everyone was just like uh, doing like starfish motions on the ice after they fell. Oh, <laughs> just Maybe that's right why you almost boards. got in a fight there in game three. Listen, I almost got into a fight because that guy came up to me <laughs> and was the only person not in a Ranger jersey in the entire bar <laughs> and uh, said, can I fight you? Which I thought was rude. <laughs> so we threw him out. And then he came back in like a WWE entrance. <laughs> I, I, got, I just, again, I, I said this on OT, but for the people that don't listen to OT, yeah. Jeff, the most disappointing feeling in my entire life 
is Ryan comes up to me. He's like, hey, man, I think I'm going to have to kick someone out. And I said, say no more. Let me get into a fight real quick. Uh, I run down there. I take one look at the guy. I turn to our friend Connor, and I just go, oh, man, I'd win this fight if I fight him. <laughs> oh. it's, not, it's not as fun when you win. Like, I, it's more fun if, like, I'm, I'm going to have, like, the heroic story of how I stood it for my friend. Oh, yeah, it was easy I took easy one ones. look, and I was like, god damn it, uh, I can take him. No, up. man, I was just trying to... I just, just tried to watch the game, and the guy was just kept bumping into me, and then asked me if, where I was from, tried to fight me, asked me if I was there to watch the Rangers, which was thought was a bonkers fucking question. Of course, <laughs> sounds like a real answer. Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, Connor had hit him with the best line though ever. Uh, he was wearing a vest, and he's like, "Hey, did you wear that the vest of the financial district today?" It's <laughs> <was> like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy just went silent. Super funny. Oh. Um, Jeff, love you. Uh, Worst of luck at the rest of your series and games, Same but you. best of luck at your at your wedding on game six. Appreciate that. I have no idea what that night's going to be like, who's going to be rooting for what. Uh, but Kaylee, I'll be rooting for the Rangers. Kaylee said <laughs> to pass along this message that it's her night and to not affect it. So okay. I will. <laughs> that's fine. I will not affect it. Oh, uh, thank you, Ryan. I need, I will, which reminds me, I need to go pick up my suit tomorrow. Please I do. will call Greg at some point. Possibly. So we'll see. That's oh, she, oh, I will have to do an OT during that, won't I? That's okay. Uh, yeah, Just I don't will... do it on the microphone in the middle of the dance floor. I think it'll be okay. God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that'd be rude. That'd we'll be wait. Rude. We'll wait till uh yeah, a little bit later. So or Sunday morning, whichever. Anywho, right. uh Jeff, thanks so much. Appreciate you. We love you, and we'll talk to you soon. See ya. And we're back. Okay. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate him. Love him. Uh happy wedding. <laughs> Show me a good one. <laughs> it's her night. Don't ruin it. Uh, if you want to leave a five-star question, you can subscribe to the Patreon. We'll read them on the show every single week. We will have to find a way to watch, though, right? This is... Listen, if you call in and you, you're at a wedding, man. If you're one of your best friends and you're in the party. That's true. Well, I mean, all the toasts and everything will be done, right? Someone's going to have it on a phone at a table. So Yeah, I'm, I'm trusting Ryman here. I, I think that's a good that's a good one. He's got all the technology. He'll be fine. He'll figure it out. Um, so if you want to leave a five-star question, go to our, our Patreon. You know how to do this. Do they still make Google Glasses? I think they discontinued those. Yeah, because those aren't safe. was a I cool guess. idea when I first saw it. and then it, Yeah, being it, able to just put gla- TV in your glasses always sounds great. In predictability, not, not exactly the best idea. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to be sitting at the table watching like a virtual reality Ranger game. Why haven't we done that yet? Well, watch parties are canceled, so stay <laughs> no, tuned. I'm not saying anyway. us specifically. I'm saying why hasn't the NHL just like put a camera on a ref and it's been like, you want to watch camera cam? They actually have done reality? it one time and it's kind of sickening. It's hard to watch. I, I'm in. I'll do it. I don't care. Uh, this is from Nick. Is Lindgren's goal the new version of the glass goal? Never expected Lindy to score in a playoff game and yet there he was. It's not because Tanner Glass is fucking hilarious. And the only um, way it could possibly get there, the, first of all, the Rangers have to win the series. Want to know a goal we'd never talk about if the Rangers didn't win that series? Tanner Glass. Tanner yeah. Glass. Would not have one thought about it. And Lindgren's goal like win, doesn't like win the game for them. It is like an exclamation point. Um, the Tanner Glass goal like wins it for them, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, is this team good? I don't know. We'll see. That's from Stonewall. Cry or die. It's, is Jonesy right? This is good. This is on April 20th. Uh, is Jonesy right? Are the Devils losing this series because of the Miles Wood effect? Well, <laughs> let me ask, let me tell you something, brother. This is a point I made with Jeff. It's like 
Uh, you can't give credit too much to Lindy Ruff for making the adjustments because his adjustments are correcting the mistakes he made in games one and two. Like, why would you ever take Siegenthaler out of this lineup? And why would you ever move Miles Wood up the lineup as opposed to taking him out of the lineup? Like, why were those two things you did before you did the things that actually worked? This is from Masker James. I like this question a lot. And thanks, James. Is, is, is a team of so many older veterans really going to be able to keep up the pace from games one and two for five, six, and God forbid, game seven, and still have the leg for more rounds? Yes, they are. And I think you're thinking this Rangers team is much older than it is. And it, there's still a lot of these players are still in their primes. Mika's still in his prime. Kreider's still in his prime. Panarin's still in his prime. I would I would argue that Vlad Tarasenko still in his prime. And the only really old players, it's like Kane, that's kind of it. Everybody else is young. Everybody else has got legs. But also, the, I know that all these guys played and didn't take games off in the regular season. But I don't know. Like Again, they played at 12% in the regular season. They didn't care. They coasted through an entire season and put up over 100 points. They will have... Last year, they were like in a dogfight, it felt like, to get to a certain point. This year, they got a participation trophy for playing in the regular season because they knew that what they cared about was what was happening in the playoffs. They're ready to go. They got the legs for it. Last thing I'm concerned about is that. And again, it's like, especially the last two games, I can't say these games have been hard-hitting or... like the Difference between gritty and tough. These games have been gritty because teams are, both teams are playing fairly conservative. But it's not like a bare-knuckle fight out there and the, neither team is trying to run the other team out of the building. So... I can't really say like anything about the last two nights should leave the Rangers tired. I'm 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 with you. This is from Ryan C three three four. Where are Panarin and Zabinajad? Great question. Uh, I, I do think it has to do with some of the way the Rangers are playing the Devils directly, but some of it is also they just haven't been able to execute. Like the finishing talent hasn't been there for either of them. And I think I saw a stat uh, like through two periods tonight. Jack Hughes had four shots on goal. Mika Zabinajad had zero. Um, and that's something has to change. Yeah, again, I, 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 w- I was able to see how the puck was bouncing off Schmidt tonight and how he wasn't having a good time controlling the puck. It, it bothered me the Rangers weren't trying to do more with that until they had to. But outside of that, like again, there is no coaching shift Gerard Gallant could do to get Mika Zibanejad to shoot the puck. At some point, it has to be up to the guy on the ice. And if those, if those are my big worries going into Game 5, those are easily correctable worries. He is capable of being this guy. It's not, the, it's not anything I feel like I need to raise an alarm about. If, this, if it was a concrete flaw that the Rangers were getting exposed with in these two games, I'd be the first one to say it. I'd say how I would approach it and do all that. To me, it's simply I need my good players to play more like good players. And if that's all I need, it's not the worst place to be in in the Tide series. This is from Cole. Howdy, guys. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Seeing how there's going to be plenty of Doomer stuff in tonight's episode, I wanted to ask you, what's your ideal pizza look like? Uh, ooh, there's one of the pizza places near me does an absolutely incredible chicken parm pizza. Chicken parm pizza is the best. I like It's the best. I don't yeah, know what to tell it, you. Like, I, I'm a huge fan of the chicken parm sandwich, but now that I've had that pizza... 
honestly, it's easier to eat than the sandwich. I don't got to worry about everything like popping out of the bread when I'm eating it. It is, and it's just like sometimes the sandwiches. It's hard to get them. Like the inside the always stays, but the inside also stays scalding hot sometimes. When yeah, it's you like, burn right, top of your mouth. Fucking, I just want to eat my fucking sandwich. Chicken parm pizza. Chicken parm and just plain old cheese. Play me the original, baby. I'm good with it. This is from Brettley. The Knicks have won two back-to-back huge playoff games at MSG. How on earth could anyone think that NYR outcome tonight was going to be any different than it was? Honestly, to me, it's the Aaron Rodgers news that should have put my all my antennas up. As soon I, as the Rodgers trade happened, I would I should have been like, ain't nothing the Rangers can do to get the back page tonight, so they're going to lose. Final question. Trinity of Misery. Maybe too late, but thoughts on Mika starting too slow in two playoffs in a row? Uh, I Here's my right. thoughts. Last year's playoffs, uh, after those that slow start, he was electric the rest of the time. Yeah, I don't and care he, how you start. Tell me how you finish. Yep, that's where I'm at. Well, we can have a full referendum of Mika's have been a Jad for a whole offseason if that time comes. But we were one- think of, but again, like even then, won't even be a referendum. It would just be one bad playoff because we have evidence where he's not bad. Correct. Yeah, there will, it actually won't be that long because he was incredible last year, and right now he's just not there. Uh, he has he has plenty of time to show up. The Rangers have at least two games left. At least they might have a lot more because if they're able to get to that second round, who the fuck knows? But let's let's get through this one first. Gregory, any final takeaways at 11 p.m. on a Monday night? After a uh, long ass day. Yeah, I think people should check out the bombardment on Netflix. Again, it's also called Shadow in Their Eye. Cool. Uh, it's a really brutal ninety nine minutes of war. And it's not pretty. Yeah, so if you wanted to relax after the Ranger game. Yeah, no, no. I yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, honestly, best time to watch it is when you're already down. Because to be like there's no just, way I can just, go just lower. Soak in. And I promise you there is. I promise you there is. We'll be back next week. Hopefully. Will we uh, well, be back next week? Yeah, hopefully we'll be back. Uh, you know, next if, week might be a game seven. I was just saying, next I was going to say, next Monday night we'll either be recording after game seven and the Rangers have won or lost, awesome, or the Rangers have won or lost the game six on Saturday and the series is over. So no matter what, when you hear us next time, it's, the Rangers will have either are out of the playoffs or advanced to round two. That's it. So stay tuned. Should be a fun ride. Love you guys. Thank you all for the support throughout the week. It's been awesome. And uh, let's fucking get it. Why not us? Talk to you guys later. Love you guys. Bye. Hey, it's the end of the show. So you know what I do here, right? I uh, talk about everybody's names. But before I do that, I want to just thank everybody who came out over the weekend for the watch party. Uh, We're retired in watch parties. I think we're never doing them again. We are 0-7. But I will say everybody I met was absolutely wonderful, uh, with the exception of one person who tried to fight me. But outside of that one person, everyone else was great. I can't appreciate you all for showing up. I can't believe we packed the bar out like that. And it's just uh, electric. Igor chance, the whole thing. Um, And recording this super late on a Monday night after working the entire day and watching the Rangers lose in a heartbreaking fashion uh, is killing me. It's been a rough one. But you've been doing this podcast with me for a long time. So I wanted to thank every single person, all our Patreons, all the listeners, but especially our NHL Insiders Club, of which I will mispronounce all of their names in a row currently. Adam Castum, Adam Cohen, Adam Cretula, Adam Linder, Adam Keach, 
Adam Keech. That's not your name. <laughs> Alex Keech. Oh my God. I'm so tired. Alex Flynn, Alex Gardner, Amber Coensberger, Andrew Rahner, Anthony Gray, Anthony Morturo. Speaking is hard. Anthony Terragata, Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Bill Olson, Bill Rattel, Brent Lackos, Brandon Magan, Brett Granger, Brett McGinnis, Brian Doyle, Brian, Brian Doherty, uh, Brett, Gra- Brett, Gall- Brett Gallagher, Brian Gallagher, Brian Mallon, Brian Farrell, Cassidy Rollman, Chris Finelli, Chris Haru, CJ Stelweg, Connor Pudemis, Daniel Delaney, Daniel Dezen, David Narrett, David Siegel, Dennis Deitz, Darian, Eric Stagg, Gabe Valley, Garrett Randis, Give Gardner a cup, Gregor gives a fly, Harrison, uh, Harrison Hasco, Handel, Hayek, waivers happen before Ryan Watch Miracle, Hella Vanilla, that's so fun, Hella Vanilla, Hip Hip 89, Ian Rodriguez, Ian Usher, Jack Bagley, James Masker, going to the next page, Jerry Marquez, Jason Zembraski, JD Jim, John Jacques, Franquez, John Jean, Jimmy Mack, John Hardesty, John Shea, Thund- Johnny Thundercock, Jordan, Josh Kestenbaum, Christopher Florida, Christoph Berg, Lays- Leszek Gronowski, Libras Kayak, Lucha Urdano, Matthew G- Goodwin, Matthew Kine, Meatball the Cap, Mike Buckle, Mike Manat Mancuzu, Mike Posternak, Nate Hanafi, Neil Grover, Palms for Prez, uh, Nic- Nicholas DiNicola, Pascal Perrier, Paul J. Smith, and I want to stop for just one moment. I've uh, gotten to know Pavel quite well. I've said this name. Uh, I've had I've had a lot of meals with Pavel. I've shared a lot of things. With, I've had a lot of beers with Pavel over the years over, at this point. Uh Pavel told me as I was watching game two with him that I've mis- mispronounced his name every single week <laughs> on here for the last couple of years. I've called him Pavel Kodryev. Kodryev. Oh, I pronounce it poorly. Kodryev. Anyway, I've mispronounced it like a million times. So he, one day he'll tell me, and I want to just apologize to Pavel. PJ Sparrow, Pro World Series Gamer, Randy Tester, Siegelbog. Swangard, Tag, Tag Seamus, Seamus, rather, the Drop PK, Tommy Sequeira, Tommy Tedeschi, Tommy O'Neill, Tor- Tony Gregory, two first names, Tori from Hatton, Vinny Brocco, v- Vinny Hay, Will Specter, Wayne E., and Winston, the Golden Retriever. Uh, guys, I think they're winning the series, but boy, it doesn't feel good right now. I still feel positive. I understand toxic positivity. I, I just think they find a way. I've just watched this team too long. Team's too good, too special. And uh, I don't sound it right now. It's mostly because I'm miserably tired. But I just, I really believe. I really do. And I hope you do too. This team loves to have their back against the wall. Boy, I would have loved to take one of these two games. Uh, especially the watch party. But it didn't happen. Still got three games to go. Maybe two games to go. Win both. Win both. We'll be back next week. Either after game seven or after elimination, or after a Game 6 win. One of those three options. So, stay tuned. Love you guys. See you then.